Hi Alice, welcome to the Hi Alice podcast. You might notice that the sound is a little bit different and that's because I wanted to do uh, an experiment where I'm just using the laptop's microphone because I wanted to have a go at cleaning up some worse audio, basically see if I can have a go at um, making it sound better, but you won't know how bad it started to begin with and whether I've done a good job or not. I just wanted to talk to you today quickly about, because I saw on Instagram a thing you put up about true crime and the veneration of serial killers, and it made me think about what I, my uh, relationship with true crime, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely on the same page as you when it comes to this this idea of fascination with serial killers and yeah like almost this kind of worshipping of them that goes on as if they're these really yeah you put about I can't remember exactly what you wrote but you said something about you know they're not criminal masterminds they're these horrible even if they were criminal masterminds that's uh, that's not the uh, defining characteristic of them that, that that should be uh, spoken about. And so I was thinking about the sort of true crime that I listen to or watch when it's a documentary, and I do think that hopefully most of the stuff. Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm really into anything that would that could be described as that as kind of hero worshipping serial killers or anything anything like that. One of the podcasts I listen to is called Criminal. Uh, it's hosted by this lady called Phoebe Judge. She also does a podcast called This Is Love. And they're just, it's like storytelling. And there's usually some sort of criminal element. But So it does kind of fall under the true crime umbrella. But it's certainly not anything to do with that. And I was thinking about one of the most popular true crime podcasts, uh, Serial. And how I felt like it was kind of misunderstood. That it, was a, it wasn't really supposed to be about whether or not this person was guilty of this murder. It was more about looking at the, the system. And that's what I find interesting about true crime when it's when it's kind of a broader thing like that. I think Serial went to great pains to kind of... to, to try and address that because the second season they did was about... Uh, I can't remember his name. Was it Bo Bergdahl? Something like that. A guy, a soldier in the, in the US Army who... They had negotiated. He had been taken hostage, uh, taken prisoner rather, and um, they had negotiated to get him back. And it was this feel-good story, but then it, it was revealed that he had actually deserted his his uh, platoon or whatever the word is. And so then he was. Then people wanted him prosecuted for that because yeah, there's nothing they like more than to venerate someone and then and then tear them down. I'm saying the word venerate a lot today. It's not a word that usually comes up at the chip shop. So that was like a more complicated story that it wasn't about whether or not he'd done it. We know he'd done it, but the story was really more about his mental health and whether or not he should have been accepted into the army in the first place and and given some of his behaviour early into being in the army. It's like, oh, perhaps we shouldn't send this gentleman off to war. Perhaps this gentleman would prefer some mental health support. I can't remember which series, but they did another series that was basically just following the events of a... I think it was a, a court in Cleveland, 
could be wrong about the city, but it was basically just following the day-to-day events of a court and then trying to show you what some of the failings of that are. And it was a lot less compelling to a general audience than a murder case. And, um, you know, in the way they're presenting the murder case in this serialized fashion as if it is as if it is for your entertainment so that's where i find it more interesting is when it's to do with bigger things to do with systems rather than individuals have they committed this murder or not when it's actually about the justice system as a whole i don't know if you've read that book the secret barrister but i found that interesting to do with uk the UK justice system, because obviously a lot of the media content that we get is to do with the is to do with the US justice system. I think in general, I'm quite interested in stories, usually like non-fiction, about where we're going wrong in our thinking. It doesn't have to be a story, but just even just things that are being proved to be true scientifically that are counterintuitive. I just find that I don't know. I just find that. An interesting thing, like just when you just take any topic, uh, like I read a book about evolution and it was all about the way we think wrongly about evolution, which was, that was a good read, because when people try and naysay evolution, it's like, well, you're not even getting it right to begin with. But with when it comes to serial killers, like the thing that I would find that I would be interested in is more about the detection of them and the, I guess, the the pathology of them, but in terms of how we can spot it and then hopefully avoid running into a psychopath in our own lives, but certainly not fascinated with them themselves or, yeah, like, I don't know, like actual details of the murders and that sort of thing I'm just yeah and as you said in your thing like most of them are going to be really stupid people or just banal evil people and it's and that's what I've always found it ridiculous that people are really uh, obsessed with Jack the Ripper because I'm just like well he was a serial killer before we knew what profiling was and so you could only really and DNA evidence and that sort of thing. So you could only really solve murders by motive and opportunity. And so if you've got a if if you've got a psychopath killer, and that we don't understand really what that is yet, then of course he wasn't caught. So it's just never I've never never gotten that thing where what what is the big fascination with with Jack the River? But but yeah, so that's. You know, because uh, well, Netflix did that show Mindhunter, David Fincher, that was about the establishment of the FBI in terms of profiling serial killers, and that um, that you know, I find that interesting. But what I didn't find interesting in the show really was like, oh, here's an interview of somebody playing a famous serial killer, and um, it's just, it just, yeah, that's not that's not as interesting to me, and just especially these things that get released by Netflix where it's just like, well, here are the Ted Bundy tapes, and it's just like hours of audio tapes, interviews with Ted Bundy. I'm just like, no, what do you really think you're going to glean from listening to that? I would far rather 
read a two-page report by the FBI psychologist. Oh, you know, I can take their word for it, let them do the hard work of actually listening to the absolute fucking guff. Oh, accidentally swore then. I think that's the first time I've sworn on the podcast. I'll have to mark, mark this episode as explicit if I don't edit it out. But yeah, and I think uh, another famous serial killer, Ed Gein, Ed Gein, who Psycho, the, well, the book Psycho and in the film, was uh, partially based on. He was just a complete fucking moron. I've sworn again. Two swear words. What on earth? This was supposed to be a wholesome podcast. Yeah, he was just a moron. He confessed to the killings to people when he was like, there was like a missing woman, and he was just like, oh yeah, she's in my garage. And people would be like, lol. Old Ed Gein with his mad tales. And he, was, he wasn't that that because I think that's one of the one of the ways you can, the insanity pleas are dealt with is whether you if you've made any attempt to conceal your crimes then I don't think you can use the insanity plea I think there was a guy he was called he was called some sort of vampire I think his name is Richard Ramirez or something like that and after he and he got it into his head that he needed to drink blood to survive and after he had killed some woman I shouldn't say killed some woman like that derivative like that's that's not very nice after he killed a woman um he he went out into the street just covered in blood and was just walking about so in other words making no attempt to conceal his crime and therefore he was deemed to be insane because you're not even trying to not be caught and that was similar with Ed Gein where yeah he was just uh he was saying oh yeah I did that and people were just not listening to him until I don't know how he got caught in the end and at the moment I'm I'm reading a book about Columbine which has been quite a harrowing read I've had to uh, not read it before bedtime but again the thing that's most interesting about it to me is just this thing of where the media narrative of it all and then what comes to be accepted as what happened and why it happened um, gets entrenched into you um, and I'm quite a big fan of Michael Moore films and uh, like obviously he's not really trying to tell the story of Columbine in Bowling for Columbine he's more he's using it as a symbol for his con control polemic it's not really about but, but he does repeat some of the myths that this book is uh, is shattering, but yeah, it's, it is really well written. It, it reminds me of In Cold Blood, the Truman Capote book. It's not it's not as well written as that, but it is really meticulously researched. And yeah, unfortunately, it, it goes into detail about how a lot of well, almost all of the subsequent school shootings the person has seen those two nasty fellas as uh, as heroes and so this book goes some way in trying to not make them out to be any kind of a hero uh, and certainly not any kind of uh, victims about halfway through the book I haven't finished it yet so I won't uh, draw conclusions or anything like that but yeah no it is uh, it is interesting but yeah it is something that I've questioned before this thing about true crime and sometimes I don't feel comfortable and I'll stop watching something or yeah I will question it 
especially when it's kind of something that's been made clearly for an entertainment purpose I find that exploitative um, yeah, there has to be some kind of purpose above entertainment so I think I actually find fiction stories of true crime so a Netflix series for instance some like there's a new one on Netflix that's being talked about like Dharma and I'm really not interested in watching that things that are these portraits of serial killers I just I just don't see the point I would much rather hear about how they were detected by law enforcement rather than oh let's see what their life was like or yeah that doesn't that doesn't interest me I mean another book I read was uh by this detective called Joe Kender who was a homicide detective and that was quite illuminating and especially in terms of how a lot of police work is just pretty boring really and it's all about you know, meticulously going through details for hours and hours and it's not really it's not really how it's portrayed obviously in media because of course it wouldn't be but Dharma one uh, especially at LinkedIn because he you know that show I showed you um, well I showed you like the clip from him the Joe Perra uh, because I put that, I put the screenshots up of the thing about if there was a book entitled how to connect with other men in your 30s I would read the whole thing and then be the life of the party well he was and, and that show that he does Joe Perra talks with you the the guy I, I saw a little clip of it because it's being talked about on the Joe Perra subreddit that the guy almost seems to be doing like a Joe Parrot impression if for his Dharma performance and that's just like I hate that that's really disturbing so no don't take away Joe Parra from me I love Joe Parra unfortunately the Joe, Joe Parra's uh, show got cancelled which was uh, upsetting for me so there was any I mean the third season does end in such a way where it could be the end like I think they did that on purpose but yeah it was upsetting for me the thing that I've found almost to replace it is the show which has actually been put on BBC iPlayer and it's all up there uh, How To with John Wilson and I really recommend it I mean if you put it I mean, it's quite if you put it on and you're finding it boring and you don't like it then it's pretty clear that you don't need to carry on <laughs> watching the rest but then so it's a good show for that like if you put it on and you do like it but yeah he's just kind of a video videographer who just goes around filming New York and just finds all of these strange minute details and then edits it all together with some kind of some kind of narrative tying it together and yeah I just really I really like it it's produced by Nathan Fielder who did Nathan for you and if I think about the comedies that I've really loved in the past few years it would be uh, Joe Parrott talks with you it would be Nathan for you and he's got a new show out called The Rehearsal that I haven't seen yet. And yeah, now this how-to with John Wilson trifactor. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot nicer than true crime. I'll leave you there. Hopefully the audio wasn't uh, too isn't too bad. To see what I can do to clean it up. And uh, the laptop uh, fans didn't start wearing, I don't think. So that should be all right. Recording this on the second of October. But yeah. I don't really think I've got too much to report. I was thinking the other day that we're overdue for a meetup in reality and not just my disembodied voice haunting your headphones. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so maybe we can um, maybe we can meet up a decent halfway point. Uh, maybe little London would probably be a decent halfway point between Ipswich and Exeter or something along those lines. But yeah, we can work that out at a later date. Hope you are doing all right, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. We're gonna edit this out. <laughs>